Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey there, wonderfuls. This week, I'm hoovering with the incredibly funny, utterly brilliant, and somehow madly lovely as well, poet, Selena Godden. First up, though, um, I need to invite you to a hoovering live show. If, you, if you've ever been to one, you'll know they're really good. Uh, the next one coming up is in Leicester on the 9th of February. It's at two o'clock in the afternoon. It's part of the Leicester Comedy Festival. So if you just Google Leicester Comedy Festival and hoovering, um, then you'll find it. Um, also, I'm there the same day doing a work in progress stand-up show and my tour show, Hench. Uh, which incidentally is on tour from January through to the middle of June. So if you're free in January, it's at the Soho Theatre in London that whole time. And then I go on tour all around the UK, Ireland, and also now recently revealed Melbourne Comedy Festival, um, which is from the very end of March till I think the 19th of April. So if you're based in Melbourne or anywhere near there, please come to that. I've never been to Australia before. It's very exciting indeed. Um, Or maybe you know someone who lives there or, or any of the places that I'm going on tour and you think, oh, what a great Christmas present it would be to get them tickets to see um, Jess, because you'd be having a correct thought there, I reckon. Um, and it's selling out quite quickly, a lot of the venues. I mean, some aren't, <laughs> but lots are. So um, I'd get in there quite sharpish if I were you, not to add to your pre-Christmas stress. It's stressful, isn't it? Anyway, um, thank you. If you're just for listening to the podcast, thank you. Um, if you uh, have got any spare money, I'm on a site called Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. You'll see the kind of cool hoovering related stuff I swap for your money. If you haven't got any money, could you just maybe tell like one or two other people about the podcast or rate, review and subscribe? Um, I'd be massively grateful. Okay, right. In very exciting news, uh, Selena Gordon actually reads us some eating-related poems that she's written in this episode. Oh, I totally have fallen for her. You're going to fall for her too, I know it. Um, Her poems that she reads are from three books. Pessimism is for Lightweights, Midnight Feast and Poems from a Green and Blue Planet. Um, I'll stick a quick apology in here um, because at one point she says something, it's towards the end, she says something about her family's attitude to thinness and I shout, great! Um, because it, Just because it's so the opposite of my family. But that you will hear is was ill-judged um, because for one, uh, where the conversation then goes, it just sounds weird that I went, great! Um, uh, but also because I think it sounds like I'm being a to thin people and I didn't intend that either in hindsight have whatever bloody body you've got please and love it all up I mean if you listen to that and think oh well that's got on my tits can you consider yourself apologised to in advance thanks okay Selena came to my house in Catford and we ate mushroom gnocchi I'd made uh, from my mob veggie cookbook which I'll be honest I first featured on this podcast out of financial obligation (laughs) Uh, but has ended up being one of my most used cookbooks of the moment because it's genuinely very very good right let's go somewhere near the beginning like asking people if they've eaten anything particularly brilliant or awful in the last week or so mm. i think the most brilliant thing i ate in the last week was my apple crumble oh did you make it i made apple and pear crumble mm. on sunday there's something so lovely and i listened to um an audio book it yeah. took ages making it and really mm. made it. And I listened to um, 
Yeah, and also but listen to Virginia Woolf's Orlando. Oh wow! Which I'm kind of going through a bit of a Virginia Woolf thing at the moment. That's nice. I've never yeah. read that, but I've seen the film. Is there a film with Tilda Swinton? Yeah, that's it. That's mm. it. I've been kind of revisiting Virginia Woolf lately. Um, Fabulous. And yeah, and just doing that, just listening. It's so comforting, isn't it? And then just there chopping up apples and pears. And, oh, nice. Um, I love doing that on a Sunday. Tell me how you go about your crumble topping. Oh, I always put a handful of oats in. Mm, nice. Yeah, it's nice. Good no. shout. Yeah, yeah. Any other, any nuts? No, I don't. I, I want it to still say, still be quite unhealthy. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all, always brown sugar, always demerara yeah. sugar. Yeah. Fit. But it takes it back to childhood, really. Mm. That smell of cinnamon and apples. Yeah. Kind of, you know, stewing away and, Yeah. I used to make apple crumble with my mum as a kid. It just takes me back to that. It's a proper Sunday thing. It is a Sunday thing. I yeah. had some people around for lunch the other day, for Sunday lunch. And I had a load of free rhubarb in my freezer from June out of my mum's garden. It's my nana's rhubarb plant. And no one in down there likes it. So it just rots every year unless I remember to hoik it back up to London. But then I can't get through it quick enough. So I realised I just had a, probably an entire freezer shelf of it. I made an enormous rhubarb and apple crumble in it. Yeah, what else can you do with rhubarb apart from crumble? You can make a really nice syrup to put in boozy cocktails. Mmm, rhubarb gin. Yeah. Mmm, that would work. Mmm, make a cordial basically. But you just have to add, you add a million, million times of sugar to it. And then you can add it to anything. Rhubarb mm. full. My nan always used to make rhubarb full. Right. Like a yogurt, set yogurty moussey thing. Oh yeah, that would work. Mmm. Yeah. Going back to gin, I like gin with um, with a sour. I really like it with pink grapefruit. Mm, yeah. Um, I like gin with, so it would definitely work with rhubarb. But I find yeah. those pink gins everyone's does in now, already pink, a yeah. bit uh, sweet. Yeah, they are. That's, they're not supposed to be that sweet. I think they're mm. meant to be more like pink grapefruity right. than kind of uh, pink strawberry. Yeah, yeah, they've done them a bit sort of marketed for Hindus. Yeah, yeah. Than well, teenage girls, really. They're now... That's what they mean, isn't it? If they, When I was a teenager, they were openly marketing booze at me. They were like, hooch. Oh, um, that hooch, um, that, that strong lemonade. Yeah, booze lemonade. And then, oh, God, what were the drinks called? There was one called Tropical Twist or something. Um, there were loads. There were loads of very colourful, sort of small beer bottle size. They didn't taste anything like alcohol. I think they just started doing that when I yeah. started drinking when I was seven. <laughs> I remember there used to be this thing that was like Passoa or pa- like a passion fruit thing. Mm. But but I think we used to just drink big two litre bottles of scrumpy cider. Mm. And we used to drink yes, Thunderbird. White Lightning. Thunderbird, White yeah. Lightning. I don't remember White Lightning as much. I remember Thunderbird though. Yeah. What was the roughest? What We used to have a, um, we used to make a horrible cocktail called Bird Sex. <laughs> which was um can't believe we've got into this quite so quickly but I'm not complaining. <laughs> um we um you used to have to make a oh, what's it called where you oh where you have beer cider and um black curry. Like a snake bite and black. Snake bite and black but the roughest possible version and you'd make a bucket of it. Right. And sort of get through it as a team. Yeah. So and then you'd what would use you do? Thunderbird or you'd have to use the cheapest cordial. You'd mm. have to use I mean, I liked it. My favourite one of those rough mixtures of things was um, Cheeky Vimto, which was Blue Wicked with Port. Oh. I still like that. <laughs> I haven't had it for years, but I know I'd still like I it because it just tasted I've like I've never Vimto. had that, but I would be game to try one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I haven't got the ingredients or I'd make you sip one now. Yeah. When I say make you, I mean ask you. <laughs> God, what an amazing host. I make you. Mmm. <laughs> Delicious. They're so cheap for fresh gnocchi in every supermarket. I'm never trying again. <gasps> Is that a terrible attitude? No. Is it? No, that's not terrible. I'm worried it's maybe a terrible attitude. No, it's like, it's, it's, it is quite cheap. It's cheaper than normal pasta. Yeah. Gnocchi often. And when you're vegan or you're trying yeah. to avoid wheat, it's the best option because it's just potato. Yeah, it's spud, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Good I love know. potatoes. I think we should make potatoes be the king of all foods. Do I was you? thinking about that. You know, I was they thinking... They look good in a crown. I was thinking about you know, the King Edward. Make it king. But I was thinking about this podcast and the questions yeah. you might ask me. I think we live in times where it's so complicated what to eat, what not to eat for mm. the planet and for the animals. Oh, and, yeah. and then for your own health and for your own waistline and your own sort of health and, and everything. And I think the only thing that wins all the time is potatoes. You know what? It's yeah. locally grown. It's, an, it's a British homegrown thing so yeah. you can have it from just down the road and uh, and you can do so much with it I think the potato is it incredibly nice. versatile yeah yeah it? yeah. do you remember that waffly versatile advert? they're waffly versatile they're waffly versatile yeah. so also I think, I think they're a proper food and they're easy like to this, grow uh, you can just get a bucket of mud yeah and grow them yourself yeah you literally can it's one of the few things I've grown successfully year yeah. after year not yeah. since I've been here actually I need to do I'm going to get on that in the spring I think when we're all surviving I think it's going to be our, our way through yeah you know, living on potatoes yeah there is a million things you can do with them I think I feel like I've read a dystopian science fiction where people are living on potatoes no I watched it it's that film it's a man in space he's there on his own he starts growing potatoes and that's how he lives. Martian. Martian. Yeah. yeah. He's proof. Yeah. Come the apocalypse. Come the apocalypse. We, so we may and as he well does just... look pretty knackered by the end. He's he does. He's for another nutrient. He's definitely, he? yeah, he's a bit like a bit potatoed out. <laughs> <laughs> not got any olive oil or anything to sort of you know no, make he it. has got any olive or, oil or a grater to make a rusty yeah, yeah. um and i like dolphin what are those ones? my girlfriend calls them hasselhoffs where you well, you, you roast them, them with yeah. the lines but they're yeah. called something else hassle something it's called something like a hasselhoff but i think hasselhoff's a good name david hasselhoff potatoes yeah. i think he'd like them um he would like them yeah, I couldn't agree more. What David com- Hasselhoff. Complicated like time it is for for trying to choose the sensible, for always. I, I, and I, I'm a firm believer. The longer I've done this podcast for, that as impossible as it feels at the beginning of a journey, the less of a fuck you can give about any kind of waistline care, the better. And actually, the less of a fuck you can give generally. I mean, not in terms of don't eat in a way that makes you feel well, but it's so stressful if you're. It's so, so stressful if you're trying to compute all of that all at once. What, counting your calories? No, I, th- I mean, I think that's that way I oh, yeah. hellish. Yeah, too. me too, me Absolutely too. Absolutely bleak and hellish. So I've learned that really just, fiercely through You just find yourself just standing in the supermarket, frozen to the spot. Yeah. She'll go, well, I can't have that avocado because the avocado wars. And I can't have that yeah. because I'm not eating animals anymore. And I can't have that because I don't want to do dairy anymore. And I don't want that because I'm trying not to do carbs anymore. And I don't want to eat that. And you're literally down to an apple. Yeah. 
Yeah, and even they're rotting because we're buying them from overseas yes. and we're not selling our own. Yeah. <laughs> so even that lot are worth my fucking apple from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just think that way misery lies on a hundred thousand fronts. Yeah, yeah. It's just a case, not don't think about it, but don't get too bogged down in it, surely. Mm. Um, and also this episode will probably go down, out in January. So I want to be... When everyone's going to be signing up for a gym, they'll, yeah. they'll only go two twice. Yeah, well, if you want to go, fine, but I just think, and you know, I feel like people, especially women, are going to be at their most bombarded. Yes, but do you know how difficult it is to get out of a gym membership once you've signed it? <laughs> no, it, honestly, it really Honestly, it's harder than trying to get out of a, uh, I don't know, a pact with the devil. It really is. You know, like, people have I, had simpler divorces. Yeah, they really have. <laughs> I, I signed to a gym one January and it took me t- two years to make them <laughs> stop taking money from my account and stop. Oh, it's an Fuck. absolute nightmare. And then you're like screaming at them down the phone. I don't want to be fit. Leave me. <laughs> and you start like hate, hate eating cakes at their door. You know? <laughs> Look at me. No, I'm not. It, no, they're really awful. There are yeah. things you can do that are free that are not going to the gym, like walking Moving, and yeah. riding your bike. I like riding my bike. Yeah. Hello, Jason. I've got to turn the electric off now. Yeah, that's Is fine. That right? I've turned off the Christmas lights. I can't think of anything else that's going to blow Brilliant. up. Okay, no problem. Jason's here fitting me with some smart meters. Jason from EDF. <laughs> Jason. Oh, thank you, Jason. Um, um, I've never asked anyone this, and I've always well, I've thought of it and forgotten to ask people it, so I'm asking it to you now. Okay. Didn't need to tell you that. Um, <laughs> tell me about something you particularly remember eating whilst on the move or on moving transport I mean um, like in a car on a plane or whatever um, I used to have a thing for those crumbly pastry cheesy things that you could get in the station they just had like gooey cheesy stuff in them were they um, like were they a swirl a cheese swirl or were they a square they were a square like Ooh. a cheese puffy thing Ooh. and I used to like I used to you know you can, I'm a very much a creature of habit I will mm. use the same toilet in the pub and I will get in the same carriage on the train and I will buy the same snack I'm really terrible like that I'm that's really, not uh, terrible that's uh, very human yeah and so yeah so these I got into these those square cheese puffy like, like warm yeah. little little snack whenever I was getting the train and, uh, I yeah. had a phase of being obsessed with the, and the they, Pret equivalent of that, which looks like a turnover. Yeah, but it's got tomato and melted she, cheese. She, and they were amazing. Oh, they still Are they still doing them? Yeah. Again, a nightmare Absolutely. to eat in public. Because you just yeah, get no, it's crumbs. All over you you yeah, just get hot melted cheese. Yeah, it gets boiling hot tomato put, down yeah, the It's just not a good look. No. And people staring at you while you're trying to ladylike. <laughs> ladylike, eat a load of molten hot cheese. I'm having like some more of this. Ten in the morning. Do you want some more of this? Yeah, I have a, I have a spoonful more. That would be lovely. Thank you. Cheesy, um, cheesy. Thank you, thank you. But, um, yeah, tell me, sorry, about, so you got into the cheese things, but what, yeah. eating them on trains? Yeah, eating them on trains and people staring at me with a big frown while the crumbs Do you think really everywhere. they're just jealous? You know how people always say to children who've been bullied, they're just jealous, or people who've been trolled on that, they're just jealous, and you think, no, they, you know, they didn't like me. I um, Do you think they were just jealous? Because the other thing about those pastry things on trains, I think, at the moment, I, I, I've really noticed it on London trains. If anyone's got a pasty or any baked pastry hot yeah. plate, that smells more than any other yeah, food. Yeah. And you yeah. can be full and the whole of your mouth will start crying with envy. Yeah, possibly. Possibly it's envy. Yeah. I think that, I think chicken smells really bad on public transport. Mm. Fried chicken. When you see someone eating like a KFC, it's yeah. like, oh, I really hate that. Yeah. 
But, um, sweaty, sweaty stink. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about eating and public eating on the move. The first mm. thing that came to mind was, yeah, those pastry things. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't... Um, I go through phases of it, but I, got, I had a phase of being quite sort of dexterous at being able to sort of take a packed dinner in the car. This is probably illegal, isn't it? But like have a Tupperware with a fork yeah. and a knife even. <laughs> and actually be like cutting food and eating a meal on your lap while it's you're driving cool. yeah well I can't even drive so I think that's amazing <laughs> it's really dangerous yeah I can roll a cigarette while I'm driving can you yeah I can't even drive when I'm not even knowing how to drive yeah well <laughs> don't need to if you live in London so you haven't always lived in London if you grew up by the sea no I didn't move to London I moved to London when I was 19 mm. I've lived here all my adult life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of scared. I've got a fear. I've got a perception problem with lengths and depths and heights and things. Yeah. I'd be really scared to drive a car. Mm. Having said that, I'm completely convinced I'd be really good at flying a plane. Wow. Because there's like nothing to bump into. <laughs> apart, no. from the, apart from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do say you're safer on a plane than well, in a car. But well, surely that's just law of averages. How often you're in a plane? Just fluffy to a clouds. Car. I think I'd be good at it. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Cool. Well, I look forward to having a ride in a plane that you're flying. Not. <laughs> do you like plane food? I like plane food. Yeah. Do you ever order like the spe- one of the specialist diet ones just to see what they get? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Brilliant. I really like to see, like sometimes I, I'll order the, the vegan one or sometimes I'll order the Jewish one just because mm. I want to see what other people get. I've just realised I've just arranged some flights or said yes to which flights I want and I've not told them I don't want to eat meat. Ah. Oh, God. Oh, well. I'll manage. Mm. Mm. Mind you, it's Australia. That's a long way. I'll get on it this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like one one seventeen hour flight with a four year old. Oh, Australia's amazing though. Is it? Yeah, have you never been? Never. Oh, where are you going? Melbourne and then Perth. Oh, you're gonna have such an amazing time. Mm. Oh, oh, it's great. beautiful. It's beautiful. You'll get some lovely food there. Yes, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Um best sushi outside of you get Japan. Some really, and really amazing uh vegan and veggie stuff. Oh and, great. Yeah. I'm really nice. Um, yeah, you have some amazing new tastes there. Brilliant. Yeah. Mmm. I can concentrate a bit more now that I've finished eating all up. Say <laughs> <laughs> scrum diddly umptious. No! And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. Do you think that there are things, food-wise, that are fundamentally designed to be eaten in a particular way? like tip very fast, very slow, or like, is there anything that you eat in a particularly ritualistic way? I was thinking yesterday, on Mondays I usually make soup. I think making soup is a very much a ritual mm. and usually comes from a place of kind of using up the last of the vegetables. And there's a ritual in that, trying mm. not to waste food and, and using up the last of things and taking it slowly. You, the, you can't rush good things in life. You can't rush a good soup can't rush a good cup of tea. Yeah. You can't rush a cigarette. You can't rush a kiss. Yes. See what I mean? The good things yeah. in life. You can't rush read a book. Yes, the yes. The good things in life all go slowly. And I think that... that definitely also rush, a really good... If you rush a cigarette, it literally sort of like hardens at the tip. And yeah. St- and like, 
and won't work. And if you rush a kiss, it makes you feel sad, which is the absolute opposite of what the kiss is meant to And also, I think the same with a good spaghetti sauce, like a good bolognese. Like, do you really take hours over that? It gets sweeter and sweeter, Yeah, and reducing the tomatoes down and, yeah. Cook all the sugars in and all the sours out. Yeah. 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 Fit. What a lovely observation. Don't you have a poem called Soup? I do. Yeah. It's in my bag. Is it? Do you want me to read it to you? Are you up for it? Yeah, Yes, please. It's in my bag. I brought some poems in my bag. Oh, get in! I, lo- I love writing- the idea that you've never not got some poems in your bag. Look, I've been writing children's poetry, oh, so I brought some of that. Stick. But I'll read you soup first. Okay. Do you want me to move that for now? Uh, yeah, I think I've finished. I really loved your gnocchi, spinach and mushroom and goat's cheese, the lemon juice and black pepper. That's so delicious. You're Thank welcome. You. I loved making it. Yeah. Soup. Imagine if seven people from seven nationalities came to your home to share one pot of soup. You would have seven conflicting versions of that soup. Someone would write to know the flavour, another the heat. Someone would write about the meaning of soup, the size of the portions, the memory the soup triggers. Too salty, not enough meat. This is a stew. Well, actually, it's more a casserole. This soup is a meal in itself. And gluten intolerant. <laughs> and the hungriest person at the table would just write, thank you. This is human nature. We look around the table and examine the world as we do these dinner guests. We note our differences, skin and manners and clothes and language. And we forget to sing. We forget to celebrate that we are one that the act of love was sitting down together and sharing the pot of soup in the first place. And we say nothing as they put someone in prison for using a fork to have their soup. We silence the person that slurps soup from the bowl. And we ignore all the women because, well, what does a woman know about making soup anyway? Some around the table demand bread with their soup. Others feel entitled to the whole pot of soup just for them. And there's one, there is always one, who will piss in the soup, Boris Johnson. So the soup <laughs> is ruined for everyone. And sadly, this is all human nature too. I am too sad to finish this poem about soup. I'll just say I have so much to be grateful for. I'm so lucky I have a warm kitchen. I have a pot. I have some vegetables. Today I'm going to make time. Today I'll make love. Today, I'll make soup. Don't make war, make love, make soup. Yay! <laughs> I've never had a poem in my house or on my podcast. Oh, well, there you, you go, there you go. Oh, I'm awash with gratitude. What are these books then? I've been writing children's poetry. Wow. And it occurred to me both of them are foodie. Oh, wow. So, but um, we can talk about other things while yeah, I'm fine. Okay, them. okay. Um, I should have asked you earlier when we were talking about the Martian, but I wonder how well you think you'd cope um, as an astronaut on astronauts' food. I think I'd be pretty good at being an astronaut because I wouldn't bump into anything driving driving my spaceship. Right, yeah, yeah, no. One, you'd be great at driving the rocket. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But also I think think there's an element of potential calm initially in... um, And actually removing a lot of choice. I um, like the, yeah, I like the idea of having special, special space food. 
Yeah, the little sachets, they're probably, taste-wise, they're not going to blow your mind. I think it would be mind-blowing to see the moon up close like that. Yeah. And to see the earth far away like that. I think what we're establishing is that you would be, you know, willing to forego fabulous food, to have the incredible, you know, ultimately everything-bending experience of being in space and seeing the planets from the point of view of space and the stars. I think I'd Whereas like... I would still be thinking, but wouldn't it be sad that I'd only be allowed a sachet of dust? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. I'd really, I'd really miss my, my glass of wine and my, I think my I would. And mushrooms. I think I'd miss wine. Mm. Do you like red or white wine? In the winter, red. In the summer, wine. Yes. I'm so obvious. Yeah. That's not obvious. Mind you, in the winter, I like Guinness too. I bloody love drinking. I drink a lot of Guinness in Maybe winter. I'll grow into it one day. Yeah, yeah. I've always a... wanted to love Guinness and whiskey. Yeah. And I don't nice jumper. Yes. Nice fire. <laughs> pint of Guinness. Little poem in your head going round and round. Nice jumper. Yeah, nice jumper. That's a bit of it that's made me A nice jumper that makes you happy, you know. Got my jumper on. Bloody jumper on. Got my jumper on that I like. My favourite jumper is like this really lovely kind of lapis blue and it's fallen to bits and that's my jumper. Yeah. Sort of, you know, get it out, get your jumper on, get a pint of Guinness. Nice. (laughs) Ritual, see? Yeah. Yeah. I think lots of alcohol comes with a ritual and a mood. Yeah. Like white wine, crisp, cold white wine, sitting in the garden while you're waiting for the potatoes to boil to make potato salad. I can happily, I can, yeah, that's so true, actually. For me, white wine's about daytimes as much as the summer. (laughs) But not that I drink in the daytime all the time. (laughs) But um, if I was ever to have wine in the day, it would feel perverse to have red wine in the day. Yeah, having red wine. Unless you're having maybe a Christmas dinner, lunch or something. Having red wine in the day feels very French, Mm. and I kind of like that. Yeah, what's sexy, isn't it? Red wine in the day, excuse me. Yeah. Fucked it for you, (laughs) I'm fucking sexy pants. (laughs) Yes, whereas I think the, the winteriest booze, in my head is port. I can't imagine having a port in the, in yeah. the summer sun. I like port with Stilton. Mm, it yeah. is nice, isn't it? Is yeah. Those two do go together. They're not wrong. The people that push this as an idea. <laughs> yeah, they, it's funny, isn't it? You wonder what we've been PR'd at and what was real. Yeah. Um, what's the earliest thing you remember eating? First thing I loved as a little baby was chips. I stole my brother's chips. I was about one and a half years old. I know this as a borrowed memory because I've got photographs of my brother's face, my brother's four years older, (laughs) the horror on his face, the joy on my face of like reaching over and taking one. There's a series of photographs. I'm on top of my game. I love the smell of the salt and vinegar. We're on the seaside. I can see the sea in the distance. It's Margate where I was born. And I'm going for the chip, and then I put it in my mouth, and then the last photo is my face just not liking salt and vinegar. It's too tangy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 like a borrowed memory, but it's because I've looked at this, and my mum has laughed and shown me this photo so much. I feel like I remember it, but I can't remember it possibly. No, but I feel like I do. I didn't know you from Margate. I was born in Margate. Chips in Margate. Yeah. Born in Margate, but grew up in Hastings. Okay. So seaside-y. Yeah, yeah. Through and through, pretty much, yeah. Kenty seaside. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. 
Never been to Hastings. You've never been to Hastings. Hastings mm. is the poor cousin at the wedding of Brighton. Right, but it's on the up and up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's, it'll always be a working always fishing be. town. Right, oh, great. So you've got proper so. fishermen. That, uh, their grandfather was a fisherman. Their great, great grandfather. Great, 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 great grandfather right. was a fisherman. These amazing fisherman families. And that's the kind of uh, the spine and the base of Hastings, really. Wow. And then this huge kind of art and culture scene where, you know, you sort of had Alistair Crowley and there's yeah. quite a lot of cult cult and art and poetry and there's a lot of beauty there. Mm. And then, of course, you've got the sort of Hastings Town Centre on a Saturday night, which right. is which is not dissimilar to Beirut, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's kind of... Yeah. Rough as old bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know, as I said, I've never been there. I had a really... I've crushed the memory, but I did go and do a preview there years ago of a show as part of the Hastings Fringe, and it was one well, of my Did you try and make Hastings favorite. people laugh? It was one of my least favourite gigs of my life. <laughs> it was three teenagers, one on his phone and the other two rutting. What? And then two, two middle-aged drunk ladies really, really, really heckling. Oh, and one of them no. came up to me upstairs and went, we don't really know who you are, and you better be bloody funny. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. And I think I said that, and she was like, what, are you not going to be? And it was like... I don't oh. want you to come. Yeah. I don't want you to come. And then got down and realised it was just them. I think I did about eight minutes, uh, maximum ten, and went, I don't like it. And so I mean, I'm, I'm from Hastings. I've had some incredible gigs there over the years, from right. like early days. Oh, like proper punky. gigs where people have come to see oh, you. Oh, no, 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 I'm, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about heckling and oh, no, really? no, 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 I'm, I'm trying to comfort you to oh, let you know you. that it's a tough crowd. Yeah, yeah. Done from music gigs, punky gigs, right through to poetry gigs, you know, over my lifetime. I did a gig recently um, and it was just, they were just like heckling. I'd really work hard to bring them around. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a local <laughs> girl. Yeah. Yeah. I just literally had to do the filthiest thing I could think right, of. Right, right, right. Swear at them fluently and then that's it, they're on board. Yeah. Oh God, it's like junglers. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, lads. <laughs> Horrific. It's like junglers. It is. Yeah, junglers it is. Portsmouth. That doesn't exist anymore, so I can say it was the worst of the worst, honestly. Um, have you found a poem about for children? Oh. Eating. There's a spoon in your book. Yeah, because I found the poem. Get okay, in. so this is a beautiful book. It's called um, Poems from a Green and Blue Planet. Whoa. And it's got loads, and it's all for kids, and it's all poems about the environment. And it's got an amazing, amazing lineup of people in here. Oh, really, a rostrum and incredible poets. Oh, yeah. Sabrina, Sabrina Mafu's edited this. Um, <coughs> and the book is endorsed by Amnesty. Oh, and it's fantastic. got everyone is in this Kate Tempest, uh, Siv, uh, Sassoon, Robert Louis Stevenson. So, Nee Parks, like people from old days, Joel Taylor, people from nowadays, John Clare. And it's all poems that have been collected that are about the environment. And I've just realised my one is quite foodie. Great! So, so I think this might fit with our themes. So this is for a children's book, um, and this poem is called Snow Pie Time. Professor Snow has hair of white. His beard is soft as snow. He wants to invent a time machine to make time on Earth go slow. Busy in his laboratory, he works throughout the night, stirring time with ice and spice and shaking them just right. 
He captured the tick and the tock, whisked snow with milk and heat. He took the past, the first and last, and made the two ends meet. He took apart his cuckoo clock to seek the source of time. He ate the cuckoo for his tea, fried in treacle, lime and thyme. He believed that golden time should drift out of the sky, but all it did was snow and snow, and he did not know why. Out walking in the snowy woods, the snow fell fast and thick. He wished he could slow time down. He wished it was not such a trick. The professor sighed, tipped back his head. A snowflake landed on his tongue. It tasted as sweet as olden times, took him back to being young. The icy rivers gurgled, giggled with life before and stories told. Snowflakes are like free ice cream and time is always gold. Professor Snow laughed and laughed, eating fat snowballs in his fists. He sucked icicles for pudding. Death is long if life is missed. Oh, I love it! I'm going to get this for my urchin for Christmas. It's good, isn't it? I like writing How lovely is children's that? books. And then this one actually is about food. It's another wow. children's book. Midnight this one, Feast. This one's called Midnight Feast, another children's book, which I have... Work in. And this one's put together by A.F. Harold with beautiful pictures by Katie Riddle. Oh, wow. And this one's for if you've got a kid that's into poetry and food. And mm. uh, my poem in here is really short. I'll do, I'll do it for you. I've never read these before, but I suddenly thought this might go. I oh, love it. Mine's a blackberry picture. Let me find it. Mine's about, uh, mine's about oh, scrumping. Oh, lovely. Did you used to go scrumping? Yeah. yeah. So this is called Plump Yumberries, and this is in a book called Midnight Feast. Look at the lovely smudge of a girl furtively pocketing blackberries in the park. I always feel like I'm stealing them, she says, grinning by the hedge, her cheeks stained with fruit, her fingers all blue and violet, her pockets stuffed with purple baubles, juicy treasure, growing wild and free, shiny berries, plump and sweet. They're so beautiful, aren't they? She says to herself, holding one up in wonder, counting the colours, giving them names. Velvet berry, purple berry, jam berry, <laughs> yum berry, plum berry, as she pops them one by one into her big blackberry mouth. She'll be late for school. She'll be in for it later. Bah, she's always in for it later. There you go. Oh, that is so lovely. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. Superb. It's quite nice to stop being so political for a minute. Oh, yeah. children's poems. And to have stuff like that come up and also, do you know, like an absolute prick. I don't think I've got any. I've got poetry books for my son for when he's older. But these, stuff like this, I don't think I just think, thought, start thinking that it existed to get him. I I happily sit down at bedtime and go, well, you know, he gets five stories of a night. Does he? <laughs> and he'll try and negotiate that even up. <laughs> but actually, if you could go... Have five poems. Yeah, have five poems one night. Yeah. Gorgeous stuff. Mm, yum in my tongue. Have you got any particular memories or opinions of um, big occasions eating, like birthdays or weddings? 
It's a bit of a weird question, but I think sometimes people are quite... Like a um, really happy memory or... Yeah, no, well, I suppose, yeah. Or a, or a poignant memory of a yeah. feast of... No. No. I really don't. How you know, weird is that? Sometimes people are really like angry about the first thing that cheese instead of cake. The or, first thing that came to my mind is Easter. Well, right. And how I used to behave. Did you used to like really hide your Easter eggs from your cousins and your siblings I only had cousins I um, didn't have any siblings till I was 16 and then, and then you kind of I used to make like these little parties from my dolls and everyone and, and my cousins out of bits of easter egg that had been sitting in my Wendy house for months oh. or for weeks anyway yeah I don't yeah. I don't remember I don't really have a big memory of a big birthday feast or birthday or when I've never been married no but yeah and when I go to other people's weddings, I just focus on the wine, to be honest. Yes, it's true, actually. <laughs> I don't remember anything. God, that's a terrible thing. I might really upset some friends, but I don't actually remember food things uh, from weddings long ago. No. I mean, I remember them if they were a few months ago, a friend's wedding, whatever. What no, I can remember the first time I had a pizza. Can you? I can remember in my... Um, um, for some years of my life, we lived in this little village. And I can remember a pizza shop came. And it was like, what is this? Oh, really? What is this? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I can remember. I'd never seen pizza before. I'm just thinking it was the most delicious thing and the most amazing thing I'd ever eaten. Yeah. We can't beat cheese and tomato. No. Margarita, lovely pizza. Oh, I really have to have other things on it now. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Your face. You're like, oh. oh. <laughs> I had pizza last night, actually. What really did you good. have on it? Fiorentina. But it had... Oh. Um, in this really brilliant Italian restaurant. I went to meet my friend Posh Brian. Posh he's, Brian. He's not that posh, but he's got a very posh voice. He speaks like Stephen Fry. It's like, okay. it's hard to decipher. I, I worked with him when I had my one ever pr- proper job a long time ago. And um, he's a re- I want to get him on the podcast at some point. He's real, f- like he knows good places to eat and he goes for long lunches and stuff. But anyway, I was like, not too swanky, Brian. And um, so he took me to this place in Farringdon called Chow Bella on Lamb's Conduit Road. Massive Italian restaurant, old school, big family. Oh, Italian food's my favourite. Oh my God, is it? I think, yeah, I think it must be. I had the best Fiorentina I've ever had. It had the egg in the middle was really like only just cooked. Yeah. And it had huge, great piles of fresh spinach on it. Yes. Which I'm bang into. Mm. Um, yeah, it was really I think the nicest, yeah, I think Italian, I think the nicest food I've ever had in my life on earth, and this is a big claim now, but it has to be with the times I've gone to Sicily. Really? Yeah, I think the food in Sicilian cooking is just amazing. And the lemons on the trees and the beautiful yes. fresh salads and beautiful, beautiful food. Yeah, Sicily's. Grilled comes fish. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, Sicily, I try to think if I've been anywhere like that. I don't think I've been to Sicily, but I've been to... Oh, I can't remember the name of it. My memory is so terrible. It it felt like going back to the 1960s on the Italian coast. We went to take my granddad. I went my dad and granddad to try and... Because it was... Well, my granddad went when he was... He didn't do anything during the Second World War, but he went out once. We'd already won. <laughs> Did a bit of tidying up and met my Austrian grandmother there. And it was in Italy. Oh, my God, what's it called? And I wonder whether that's in Sicily. God, it's a really famous bit of coast. What's the Amalfi? Dated. Yeah, the Amalfi coast. Mm. Is that Sicily? No, that's that's further up in so Italy. But it's lovely there. Myself. No, you're not. Um, it's lovely there. It is so lovely there, and the flowers up the sides of the cliffs and Mount Vesuvius and 
Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Um, five second rule. Have you got any thoughts on that? Uh, no, just eat it. Yeah. yeah just eat it. Chill out. Jam's a good food. I think they are. They really are. Um, have you ever used food for something other than food, e.g. as a weapon or part of a prank? Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> this been used as a sexy question. <laughs> okay, then, Kia, moving on. <laughs> no comment. Um, what's the most emotional you've ever been somewhere that was serving food? Or that has anyone ever had an extraordinarily emotional reaction to something you fed them? No comment. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> it's going to be a short one, this no. episode. Uh, let me have a little think. Yeah. Have I ever fed someone something and then emo- a response has been emotional? Hmm. For some reason, I'm thinking about Christmas dinners. Yeah, well, Christmas is so emotionally yeah, loaded, yeah. isn't it? I'm remembering I Christmas slightly dinner. dread the emotion of, of Christmas. Mm. It's so intense, and then it feels so inappropriate if you haven't got the right ones. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. such pressure on it to be a. It's in, such in a, a strange thing, day. Christmas. Yeah, it's such. It's so strange. It's such. I kind of love it, but yeah. I kind of. Uh, I go over the top. I like everyone to be happy. Yeah. I like going over the top. I like making a fuss. That's very much part of how I am. Yeah. Um. So it could be a bit annoying, I think, for everyone else. <laughs> no. Like, like jumping up and down the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Have you ever eaten anything really weird? What's weird? Well, um, well, do you want me to say some things other guests have said? Yeah, I don't think I have. I wouldn't. Like donkey's bollock. No. I've had a sheep's brain. No. Um, I've never. Cricket. No. Um, <laughs> uh, anything's tongue. No. I've never. Oh, no. fucking hell. Have you ever killed an animal? No. Um, <laughs> if there's nothing else left on the whole of the planet, no other option would you eat a person? Yes. Would you? No. There we go. No. <laughs> I don't know. Hang on. I cannot believe that there would never be anything else on the planet. I cannot believe. You know, like on those Beer Grills programs, Beer yeah. Grills survival things. Yeah. They go straight for looking for animals instead of looking for fruit and veg first. Oh, but I think like... it's because they know it's going to take them much, much longer to learn the skill to kill an animal and they're going to, have to do it as a team, whereas right. you can get a bit of coconut. They just live off coconuts, don't they? Yeah, and have yeah. Bits of foliage it's like there's, there's got to be more. There's got to be more long. yams there. They're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More vegetables and fruit and herbs that you can boil and things like that. Do you, are you into cooking? Would I ever eat a person? I don't know. I'm into massively into yeah. cooking, but I was right. a I was a huge vegetarian for like quite a bit of my life. Yeah. Um, and then um, from like teenager times. Yeah. And then um, I went vegan and made myself really ill. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't do it right. I was basically, right. being vegan was walking around with a gone-off avocado in my bag. Do you know what oh, I mean? I just basically not eating. It's not really easy. I got really skinny, but uh, but really not bad tempered. It's not good. Everyone that knew me in that phase, it's like, you were not really right. moody yeah. for a year or so. But I made myself really ill and collapsed and, <gasps> and got really, really low blood iron and everything. So, so I had to sort of re-educate my food and so I'm sort of relearning. Uh-huh. I've still got quite low iron now, but um, yeah, so I love cooking and I love trying to make things that taste delicious. Um, but yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever had a completely, I don't think anyone I spoke to on the podcast and or, I definitely don't think any women have ever had a completely uncomplicated relationship with eating. Everybody's got a patch like that. Yeah. 
under the guise of veganism or whatever, you know, you're like, well, I just starved myself really for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. I was really thin, thin yeah. and unhappy. In my family, you mm. know, talking about being thin or and, or whatever, in my family, when you're thin, you're ill. Like really? This, yeah. You That's norm- good. Normally, everyone in my family, when they mm. start getting really thin, they're either really depressed or unhappy or, yeah. And or really or or you know on, just about to announce they've got cancer or whatever. Oh fuck! So I just don't. I don't think yeah. thin is what our family does. I think a no, bit of no. meat on your bones is definitely yeah. healthy and happy, chubby yeah, cheeks, yeah, grinning. Yeah. Is my family. Well, it used to be. I remember when I. Was it like, feels like that. Anyway. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's good if it feels. Like yeah, that. yeah. And if it feels like that, then it is like yeah. that. It's your family. Yeah. So my grandma was was kind of my sort of shape and size. And she only got really thin when she was getting really ill. I think right, that's right. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched one sort of not my family, sort of my family. But I've watched one person get get very, very ill and, and vanish away. And yeah, it's horrific. It's makes it all the weirder that we're. It's gone. It's taken me my entire adult life to go from in my teens. If somebody said to me, "You look well," I would read that as "You look fat" and be sad. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Which is fucking boggling. Yeah. However they intended it, it's so boggling to take that as yeah. an insult. And conversely, to be that we're constantly throwing you look thin as a, as a compliment around, yeah. just as fucked up. Yeah. When actually, just like I say, it's the opposite of... And and the, all these things that come under that we're bombarded with about wellness, I've got fuck all to do with wellness. They're, yeah. they're new ways to promote thinness and under a word starving yourself, you're yeah. allowed to use now. Yeah, if, you, if you ever see me thin, I'm unhappy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm having a terrible time <laughs> in my personal life. Yeah, do you know what I mean? If you see me a bit yeah, yeah. Ch- chubby cheeked, like holding yeah. a big, yeah, that, that, you know, holding in a, a, ni- in a nice blue jumper with a Guinness. Yeah, then you know I'm fine. You're fucking fine. <laughs> yes. fine. She's fine. She's fine. Absolutely safe. Yeah, I yeah. Think if I ever look like, I'm not time. meant. To, I'm not meant to. I'm yeah. physiologically. I've done it. I've got down to. to I've done. I've shrunk myself to tiny, and it it comes back to this. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not what my body's meant to be when I'm. Eating according to what I actually have hunger. Especially because I mean, the the, the thing that um, I've been thinking about a lot on Radio Four the other day, yeah. they did a test and they said the amount of cortisol that is released in the brain and body of a person when they've just come off stage is the same as someone that's just done a skydive. <gasps> I can't stop thinking about that. Oh, so I'm not surprised. We need to eat to soak up all that yeah. adrenaline, all those yeah, nerves. Yeah, yeah. When you do a gig, but it's not that's just... that's the opposite thing you want to when do, you do, right? When you come off stage, you don't immediately want to go for dinner. No, you? no, no, but I mean, no, I mean the next day yeah, yeah, when you're yeah, crashing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. When you're right, crashing and you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think, you know, that... When you've got a gig, it's not just that half an hour, 45 minutes on stages. You wake up in the morning, you're thinking about, you know, it's all about getting the, monst- mm. the monster out of the box. I've got to let yes. the monster out again later, you know, and all going to thinking what you're going to wear, what you're going to say, how are you going to walk on stage, those nerves, that adrenaline. Yeah. It builds up, and that's cortisol going up and up and up. Then you do the actual gig, really high cortisol. Then you come off stage, bing, 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 and it's still coursing around your body. And then the next day, it's still there, and you've got to eat and sort of, you know, and I, I, it's amazing, amazing, amazing our job. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit because I think it's amazing what you do and what I do. And I think getting up on stage is terrifying and brilliant. Yeah. You're literally flying every night. It's if amazing. You, um, and, and physiologically, and I, I mean, I think physiologically, I've, it's got to the point where I can um, mask the adrenaline or the cortisol. Because you do, because obviously yeah. 
you that's part of performance, isn't it? You're you're like, like, yeah, whatever. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Swagger. Yeah. Um, but I've had I've noticed um in the last few months I've done some of the biggest gigs I've ever done. And I've I've it, I've been fascinated to watch my body my my muck me thankfully be able to keep my mind calm mm. and in the moment on the stage. But watching what it does to my body, uh, there were two gigs, the two scariest gigs I've ever done. The first one, um, I felt so happy in the moment on stage, but I was only on stage for seven minutes on my own. Um, but I noticed that there was a tremor in my hand. Yes. But I was so in the moment that I wasn't stressed by it. Yeah. I was like, that's hilarious. It didn't draw I feel really it. calm. Yeah. But my body's betraying me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My hand won't stop moving. And then the next one, I and then that, then I, when I came off stage and it was still the afternoon and it was my birthday that weekend anyway so I got so drunk that that is one way of oh, yeah. crushing your emotion numbing your emotions yeah, yeah. away exactly <laughs> wash it all away excuse me with my birthday <laughs> guzzle it all away um, but the next one I didn't get that hammered afterwards at all um, I had friends who'd been there uh, had a slightly shaky hand again but felt at the moment again. it was on stage much longer this time um, and the build up to it was a bit longer and um Afterwards, yeah, it wasn't. There was no big piss up or anything. I came home. Um, it, it was about midnight, and my and I really early start the next day for a for a little one night break. Um, but I couldn't sleep until five, four, five in the morning. Yeah, and I and I I wasn't. It was just there's that much in your body yeah. adrenaline, and, and it's just coursing around you, and you just sort of yeah. And then also you're you're there's the thing that we all do where you're kind of breaking down what you did on stage, and if you made a dick yeah. of yourself, and if you go, oh God, I messed up that poem. I did that. Yeah. I, why did I do that stupid growly Marge Simpson voice in that particular joke or whatever? Yeah, so you, you kind of yeah, it's kind of breaking it all down because we are our own worst, yeah. most most. Uh, pernicious critics yeah. and kind of give ourselves a really hard time could have done it better you could have done this could have done that I wonder so, what that means though in terms of like your the ha- but it makes it harder to have a an honest connection with your body in terms of what you want to eat eating what you want as opposed to eating emotionally yeah I think listen to your body yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong morally or actually with eating emotionally yeah. I think we all have to do that to well, comfort eating it's a time of self well yeah. I genuinely think up to a point it counts as self care yeah. there's a difference between eating something because you know it's going to make you feel lovely in the short term and you need that self care yeah. and eating um, in a way so I've had I'm on a spectrum of binge eating disorder where you are eating enormous amount to crush your emotion knowingly to crush your emotion same way that people would drink booze smoke take drugs yeah my thing has always been to go to food but after lots of therapy and lots of talking about it on this podcast like I'm very aware but I do wonder it's the first time I've had a conversation that's made me think I wonder where whether the um, the amount of cortisol and adrenaline involved on a day to day level in my work I wonder whether that doesn't necessarily help compared to somebody who had a more routine life, shall yes, say, yeah. with trying, which I find to be in the most enormous effort, to connect to what I feel like in my body after eating certain things. Yeah. And whether that makes me feel good, and then it, if it does, I, I, want, I should want more of it. How You know, what that sugary thing made you feel like. And sometimes I'll go, well, I know that coffee's actually going to make me more tired, but it's going to be worth it for this next hour. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or, or yeah. that sugar thing. Yeah, yeah, but actually when your life's so irregular and so cortisol, I think it, maybe it makes it even harder to do that. Yeah. What yeah. I have found, not easy to do, but much easier to do, is just give way less fucks. Yeah, I'm not very good at that. No? No. I really... I don't I've know. had a lot of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at not giving a fuck. I need to learn. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I get really... I really climb inside stuff. 
Right. I'm such a massive empath. Yeah. 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 What eating but wine wise, helps. <laughs> wine does help. Wine yeah, helps. Yeah, yeah. Rum helps. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think I go to. I think I go to drinks really. Yeah. I do do eating as well. Actually, I do do. Yeah, mashed potato, cheese on toast, mm. toasties. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Lovely things. Though. Yeah. Um, okay, we've done weirdest things. Have you got like a signature dish if you're into cooking? Have you got a thing that you're like, I'm going to do my special thing? Oh, no. No? Do you like doing yes different things all the time? Yes and no. I, I, my um, family are Jamaican and uh, my father was Irish. So I invented a thing called Jamish cooking. Nice. Which is Jamaican-Irish cooking. <laughs> so it's potatoes and leeks are involved and then sort of chilli and, and sort of Jamaican things. Mm. Jamaican food. And as I try and do that, I'm trying to make like a Jamish curry. Amazing. Yeah, and that's really nice. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a cross between like your Irish sort of chicken stew and a Jamaican sort of brown stew. Nice. Yeah. This so, is fusion cooking. Yeah, we, fusion, exactly. New fusion. Yeah, jamish, my Glorious. jamish cooking. So yeah, I like doing that. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, I wish we'd have done some jamish cooking for this. Oh, I'm sorry. Come round to my house. Okay. I'll make you some, I promise. Yes, please. I invitation accepted. Thank you. <laughs> A terrible virus starts spreading where humans become really powerfully magnetic, so all metal things really fly at people, which sounds like it might be fun until you think about knives, bullets, and quite a few really big bridges. It's catastrophic. The virus has agreed to go back to being imaginary, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, um, carry 819,903 decommissioned Christmas trees one after another into the designated eco pit slash magical forest of lovely pine stink. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. You've saved us all from the uh, magnetovirus and um, you go down in history as... Uh, <laughs> you go down in, in all of history as being like the saviour of all of humankind, but your reward in the moment is to have the feast of your dreams. But where, when I say of your dreams, I mean I don't want it to be ethical, possible, um, less I don't give a fuck about health is not consequence free um but and what i mean by you having done all that tree moving is it's not that i think you need to have exercised to enjoy or deserve a feast i think this what i mean is i want you to be hungry and want this okay i'm gonna eat a cloud <laughs> and it's gonna taste like ice cream and candy floss oh. and sort of like whisked kind of meringue and shortbread and like a giant pavlova type vibe yeah. but on another level because it is actually a cloud yes. with bits of lightning in it and, uh, and and it's gonna be amazing oh god was it a cloud that you've just flown through in your plane it, yeah yeah no. really well it's one of those big massive epic ones oh, that are kind yeah. of damson and pink and it's gonna be like a massive cakey kind of thing but also kind of just like bits of delicious bits of lightning to crunch on <gasps> I'm, I can almost taste a crunchy when you're talking about lightning <laughs> yeah, yeah. honeycomb lightning yeah. <laughs> yeah yes yeah and will you have anyone else there with you um you yes please <laughs> people so rarely invite me <laughs> yeah um, you. 
<laughs> oh, brilliant. And I suppose it's what I don't need to ask where we'll go for it. Up the sky. Up in the sky. Just up the sky. Because we'll have learned to fly by then. With <laughs> yeah. our cortisol levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our natural next superpower. Yeah. Cortisol man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for a delicious lunch and very nice tea, and it's lovely to be here. Woohoo! Thank you. What a belting guest, please. Selena is on social media as at Selena Gordon, S-A-L-E-N-A-G-O-D-D-E-N. And you have to check out those books uh, that feature her poetry, Pessimism is for Lightweights, uh, Midnight Feast and Poems for a Green and Blue Planet. They're um, two of those, last two of those are for kids. And um, I think, well, I'm going to get them as Christmas presents for people. I think that's a really lovely thing. Um, I need to remind you to come to a Hoovering Live. The next one's in Leicester on the 9th of February. Uh, Also, I'm on tour with my show, uh, Hench, from the beginning of 2020 right through until mid-June. I would love to see you on tour. Go to my website to send me anything longer than a tweet and also to look at my dates for all my tour shows and also for all the Hoovering Lives that come up as the year goes on. Follow the podcast on social media. It's at the Hoovering Pod. Follow me too. Why not? Why not? At Jessica Fosterkey. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy Hoovering. <laughs>